Good morning, everyone. And good morning to all our friends watching online as well. I have a couple of quick announcements. Our first one is Harriet Murray's class is back on Wednesday nights, and it is absolutely incredible. People are coming from all over, right? It's great. And Pastor Sam has a class on Wednesday nights. The youth and kids are here. And we have dinner at 515. It's amazing. So you want to check out our Wednesday nights here. We have a big update on our church conference. Um, For those that are members, our church conference that we were having in October has been moved to Tuesday, September 27th at 6 p.m. And that'll go till 6.30. Uh, I'm being told that you're going to have to be here before 6.30 that night in order to vote. So you want to make sure you mark it on your calendar that that has changed. Um, And also our speakers that were scheduled uh, for October have changed as well. Uh, Reverend Harvey Beck and Kevin Thomas will be here Monday, uh, September 26th at 6 p.m. So that's the day before our church conference. And today at 3 p.m., we have Eddie Gooch and Belinda Reeves will be here uh, speaking. So that's this evening. And I know the big question on everybody's mind right now is pickleball. Am I right? I know. I saw your faces when you walked in. Everybody was, everybody was thinking about pickleball. So this past Wednesday night, we had the official pickleball representative in our gym. And Pastor Sam, was it amazing? So the youth played pickleball. The youth eventually got thrown out because the grown-ups played pickleball. So pretty great stuff. So pickleball will be happening in our church soon. So check for times when that will be. It's a great way to exercise. It's a lot of fun. This is a huge announcement too. Fall Fest is back. Wednesday, October 19th here at the church. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to have food. It's going to be a blast. But here's what we need from you. You didn't think you were going to get out of Fall Fest without us asking for help, did you? We need snack cakes for our cakewalk, individual wrapped candy. If it's Twix, it can be dropped off into the church office by Pastor Sam's office, right? (laughs) In between our offices. I know we need individually wrapped candy. Volunteers to hand out candy. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. And then our last announcement. We need your prayers this upcoming weekend because the youth are going to be at Camp Lee this Saturday and we're spending the night there. We won't be here next Sunday. We'll be having church out at camp. So be praying for all the youth that will be at camp. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us?
take our kids to Children's Church right now, and here they come. And while they're doing that, I just want to say welcome to uh, Silas and Kelsey. We have new members in our praise band. Yeah. You are, you're used to seeing them in the choir at our, uh, at our tradition service, but they're singing. And, you know, if you think, you look at them, you think, well, they'd make a cute couple, wouldn't they? They're newlyweds. They just got married not too long ago. So I'm trying to make their face turn red a little bit. No. Um, we are so glad. Um, I want to welcome you, and I want to say if you're just now joining us and you're, you're just having your first cup of coffee or something, you're watching us, if you weren't paying attention when Pastor Andy was up here, I understand sometimes it can be like that. But we do have a couple of big changes. Who knows what the... 10th beatitude is this one is one that Jesus didn't say but he could have it is blessed are the flexible for they won't get bent out of shape okay right so we we are we're having to be thank you somebody back there liked that um we are having to be flexible we found out uh this weekend that we were gonna have to make some changes in and our process uh, for our vote. So instead of our vote being on October the 3rd, we had to move it back to get it in in September. 
So now the new date for our church conference is Tuesday, September 27th at 6 o'clock p.m. Okay. Our speakers who are going to speak that evening before on October the 2nd had to be moved back, of course, uh, so that they wouldn't be speaking after the fact. And that is Pastor Harvey Beck and Pastor Kevin Thomas. And they will be on Monday night, September the 26th. Okay. We're going to send a letter out to everybody giving this new information. And we're, we promise we're not trying to make you confused or anything. We just are trying to keep up here. This is all new for, for everybody from the bishop on down. We're figuring this out. But we're going to figure it out. So we roll with the flow and do what we have to, right? Okay. So if you find somebody, they're a little bit confused. It's like, no, no, wait, wait, wait a minute. With the signs that we have up, Sheila's done a good job of kind of changing the stuff on our, um, our app and our website. We're going we're gonna to be all right. Okay. Everybody good? All right. Um, the other thing I want to say as we go into our time of prayer, these beautiful flowers here are... Um, are in remembrance of uh, 9-11. And we're going to have, as our prayer time, since this is 9-11, we're going to have a special prayer for 9-11. So will you, you bow together with me? Oh God, you are our hope and our refuge. And in our distress, we can turn quickly to you. We all remember 9-11. We remember the shock and the horror of that tragic day. The shock and the horror have somewhat subsided for most of us, but now it is replaced with kind of an empty feeling, Lord, and a longing for the innocence that was lost. We remember today those who lost their lives in New York, in Washington, D.C., and in Pennsylvania. We're mindful of the sacrifice of public servants who demonstrated the greatest love of all by laying down their lives for their friends. And we commit their souls to your eternal care and celebrate their gifts to a fallen humanity. We come remembering today, Lord, and we come in hope, not in ourselves, but in you. As foundations we once thought were secure have been shaken we're reminded of the illusion of security. In commemorating this tragedy, we give you thanks for your presence in our time of need, and we seek to worship you today in spirit and in truth, our guide and our guardian. In Christ's name, amen. Voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every
again just who I am because I need to know You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing You say I am strong when I think I am weak You say I am held when I am falling short thank our praise band again they always come through for us and and we appreciate this we got we got kind of a new sound going here with some of our new members and and so far so good right yeah y'all are doing great yeah all right 
Our scripture this morning, the gospel lesson is Mark, excuse me, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told him this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one who is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 coins, 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a story in, in Luke chapter 20 that is always stuck out in my mind. Somebody in the crowd came up and tried, was trying to trap Jesus. They were always trying to, like, find ways to trap Jesus and, and to catch him saying something that they could use against him. Uh, it never worked, okay? Jesus always outsmarted him, but Jesus could see this coming from a mile away because a guy came up to him and said, uh, is it lawful for Jews to pay taxes to Caesar? Okay, that was an obvious setup. Jesus knew that if he said, no, it's, it's not proper for you to pay taxes to Caesar, then he would be branded as a revolutionary and they could go and get him in trouble with the Roman government. Here's this guy that's saying you're not supposed to pay your taxes. On the other hand, if he said, yes, go ahead and pay your taxes, then the Jews would say, well, how can we pay these coins that have a graven image of Caesar on these coins, how can we do that? Isn't that breaking commandment number two of the Ten Commandments? Have no other uh, gods before me. Don't make any graven images for yourself. So it was a no-win situation. And instead of getting caught in that trap, Jesus said, let me, let me see one of those coins. And he took it and he said, held it up, said, whose image is on this coin? And the guy said, well, Caesar's. And so Jesus said, so render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but render unto God the things that are God, that are God's. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Has your accountant ever told you that on April the 15th? Bob Blunt, if you're watching, yeah, I hear you. Um, but render under God the things that are God. Because the Roman coin was stamped with the image of Caesar. And underneath Caesar's name on that coin, it, it said, Son of God. So it was highly offensive to the Jews. But Jesus was trying to get past all of that 
offenses, get past their hurt feelings, get past their righteous indignation, and point to a deeper lesson. The deeper lesson is you, every one of you, are stamped with the image of God. You all bear his image. You all belong to him. So while you are rendering Caesar his coin that has his picture on it, render your life that is stamped with God's image back to God, back to where you belong. Because we belong to God. We're made in God's image, all of us. And, and whether or not even someone considers themselves religious or whatever, I believe that what Augustine said is true. Oh God, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And I believe the reason that's true is because something in us wants to go home. It's where we belong, to go home in our hearts. We all belong to God. Now, not everyone is feeling at home and feeling at rest and feeling at peace with God. Some are lost. That's what this whole chapter is about in Luke 15. It's about, well, it's about being lost and found. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost brother. All of these stories, Luke 15 is all about being lost and found. One time Tammy and I were watching Jeopardy and um, they had a category that was called six word summaries of Shakespeare's plays. Tammy kicked my butt in this category. Now there are some that, that I do better than she does, but in, in this one, she, she, got, she got it every single time. I'm gonna give you some easy ones. Let me see how you do on this. This is, this is by the way, I want you to participate in this. If you're worshiping, with us by live stream, I want you to type in the comments and see who, who can type this in there the quickest. Six word summaries of Shakespeare's plays. You ready? These are not going to be hard. To be or not to be, six words. Just call it out. Come on. Hamlet? Yeah? Okay. Y'all have got to do better than that. Let's see if you can do this. What light upon yon window breaks? Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay, let me, let me make a more contemporary one. See if you can get this six-word summary. I'm not throwing away my shot. I heard Hamilton from this corner over here. Yeah. All right. One last one, and let me see if you can get this one. Stuck in the middle with you. Steeler's wheel. Anybody? That's the way I feel most of the time, right? Stuck in the middle with you. Okay. I did a six-word summary of Luke 15. Don't get excited. It isn't a six-word sermon. I've already passed that. This is just six powerful words that summarize all of Luke chapter 15, the lost and found chapter, okay? And here they go. Word number one is belonging. The sheep, you see, belong to the shepherd. How many of the sheep belong to the shepherd? Just the 99 that are in the pen? Or all 100? The answer is all 100 belong to the shepherd, right? Even the one that wandered off. 
the coins belong to the woman, right? Are you getting me? Are you with me this morning? The coins. How many of the coins belong to the woman? Just the nine that are left in the bag? Or the one that's somewhere in, in the house that's lost? The answer, of course, is all ten coins belong to the All ten silver coins belong to the woman. And we didn't read the other story in Luke 15, the prodigal son story. You all know that well. Which of the sons belongs to the father? The, just the elder brother that stayed around on the farm? Or the prodigal son that wandered away and blew all of his money and is living in the pig pen? Which one of, which one of the sons belongs? Well, they both belong to them. Just because the guy wandered away and living in rebellion doesn't mean he still doesn't belong. You get it? Belonging. Word number two is valued. Valued. The owner, the one to whom all of these things belong, places high value on everything that belongs to him. It is beloved by him, every single one of them. It's very, very important to him, highly valuable, worth so much. How much is something worth? And this is kind of a trick question. How much is, how much is anything worth? Anything is worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it, right? Have you ever seen things on like auction or eBay or something? You think, holy cow, I wouldn't have paid that, but... You know, more power to you. I remember several years ago, there was, uh, there was actually someone that had a grilled cheese sandwich that sort of looked like it had the image of the Virgin Mary on it. And it was auctioned, and it brought $28,000. Now, is a stale grilled cheese sandwich worth $28,000? Was to that person, okay, right? How much is something worth? Let me ask you this. Would you pay, what would you pay for a water cup that was said to have been used by Elvis Presley in 1977. What would you pay for it? Zero for me, but someone paid $455. I'm like, ah, right, fish? No, but it's, it's, something's worth whatever you pay for it. Whatever you pay for it. Okay, now let me just tell you where I'm going with this. Because in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, Paul, and again in chapter 7, Paul reminds the Corinthians, you are bought with a price. You and I are bought with a price. And what was paid for us? John three 16, I'll bet every one of you could quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we all belong to God, right? Because we're bought with a price. And we're all valued. We're all highly valued. Everyone, you will never look into the face of someone who does not belong to God. You'll never look into the face of someone who is not highly, highly valued by God because the, pi the price, the ultimate price was paid. Six word summary. First is belonging. The second is valued. 
The third is lost. Something belongs to somebody. It belongs to the owner. It, it's highly valued by the owner, but it's not in its rightful place. It's not where it's supposed to be. Now, you could go into all kinds of details about what the reason is. The why is not the question. The why, it, well, the sheep wandered off because, no offense to sheep who might be watching by live stream, but sheep are dumb, right? They just wander off sometime. Have you ever wondered why the Bible always compares God's people to sheep? Because, you know, Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all gone to our own way. We all, we all need a shepherd, right? Right? We all do. So the sheep wanders off. The coin just falls out of the bag. I always imagined that there was a hole in the corner of the bag that, that the woman didn't know was there and somehow the, the coin fell out and rolled under something. The prodigal son rebels and runs off all on his own. So for whatever reason, lost is the word, out of place. I want you to think, and we hear about people talking about, oh, pray for the lost and all of this kind of stuff. And it means different things to different people. I want to challenge you to think about it in a, maybe a different way. Dallas Willard, by the way, I recommend all of his books. Dallas Willard has a book called Renovation of the Heart, where he talks about something being lost, people being lost as being out of place. And therefore useless. Have you ever lost your car keys? Pastor Andy? Uh, anybody? <laughs> have, you ever lost key? have you ever lost your keys? Perfectly good keys. Look, I lose stuff all the time. Keys to your house, keys to your car. Perfectly fine. But if they're lost, if they're out of place, if they're not where they're supposed to be, then they're not useful for the purpose that they were supposed to be useful for. No matter how much you need them, no matter how highly you value them, if they're lost, they're out of place, they're not of use to the owner. So something is lost. Something that is highly valued by the owners. Something that is beloved by the owner. Something that belongs to the owner is not where it needs to be. Next word, sought sought because the owner places such high value on that which belongs to him he goes and he searches diligently because the lost ones are out of place they're not at home they're not where they're supposed to be they're not they're not where they need to be they're not home and and so they are just as beloved, they're just as valuable as the ones that are where they're supposed to be. And so the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes to look for the one. I want you to see that the one that's out of place is just as valuable as the 99 to the owner. The woman lights the lamp and she sweeps the house and looks and looks and looks because the one that is out of place 
is just as valuable to her as the nine that are in the bag. The father in the prodigal son story looks longingly every single day up the road waiting for his son to come back because the son that has gone off into the far country is just as valuable to him as the son who stayed home on the farm. Persistent, diligent, searching. And then the fifth word is found. The owner, how long does the owner search until he finds them? Until he finds them. The owner searches till he finds them. Not giving up. Not giving up. Okay, when does God give up on you? When does God give up on that person that you've been praying for for years and years and years? Never. Why? Because of belonging. Because of value. Because the one who's out there, out of place, not home, not where they need to be is just as valuable found the sheep is found carried back to the fold on the shoulders of the shepherd the coin is found and returned to the bag by the happy woman who I met I just always imagine her getting needle and thread and sewing up the hole in the bag right the prodigal son is spotted and greeted by the father with open arms found so how long do we search till we find till they're back home till they're where they need to be till they have right usefulness again and then celebration celebration there's always a party rejoice with me the owner says I found my lost sheep I found the lost coin my lost son is home rejoice have a party that's the sixth word. That's the six-word summary of Luke 15. And it ends with party. It ends with celebration. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't it sound good? A celebration. It sounds good to us, right? It sounded even better to the sinners and tax collectors that were coming to Jesus. You know, one of the, one of the great things about Pastor Andy is that every day every single day when he comes in and he comes in and he looks in there at me and he says the same thing he says preacher Sam are you ready to party and I always say yes right yes celebrate but not everybody was celebrating that day not everybody was in the mood to party in that crowd listening to Jesus because the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling they would not have liked that six six word summary at all they might have said belonging bah humbug or something like that because we are the only ones that really belong to God we're God's favorites we're God's chosen beloved well God values us God values us scribes and Pharisees more than you because you're common and then but don't even get me started on those Gentiles or those women or those tax collectors yeah lost 
Well, how can something be lost if it never belonged to God in the first place? You know what? Those tax collectors and those sinners, they're where they need to be on the outside. We don't want them in here anyway. They're not lost. They're just out there where they need to be. And God's not searching for them. And found in celebration? Are you kidding me? We're not going to party with tax collectors and sinners. That doesn't make us want to throw a party. It makes us sick. But God says we're supposed to be in the mood to party when that which is lost is found. We um, read the parables of, of God and and, and we almost can't help but see who we are in there and, and who God is in there. And that's the purpose of the parable, by the way. It's not just a little story. It's meant to make us think about God and to think about ourselves. So I, I look at the parable of the lost sheep and I think, okay, well, who, who's the shepherd well, that's God, right? Who's the sheep? That's me. That's you. And, and, and sometimes I feel like, all right, I'm, I'm right where I need to be. I'm, I'm, I'm at home. I'm, my heart is at peace with God. And sometimes, honestly, I wander out in it and I think, how did I get myself in this jam? You know? So in, in, in Luke, Luke is kind of revolutionary in that, that he uses women to, in this case, represent God. Because the woman who lights the lamp and sweeps the house, who is that in that parable? That's God. Represented by a woman who's sweeping the house looking for the coin. Who's the coin? It's me. It's you. Sometimes we're where we're supposed to be so that, that we're useful and we can use the gifts that God has given. Sometimes we fall through the cracks. Do you know anybody that it just seemed like they just fell through the cracks and somehow they're just not home? The lost son, the prodigal son. Sometimes we're the grumpy elder brother, you know? Sometimes we're the grumpy elder brother. We're doing what we're supposed to do, but we're crabby about it. Sometimes we are the rebellious one that runs away and wants to do it our way. But God is always the father who loves both sons. So, let me ask you this. The scribes and Pharisees that come to grumble, are we sometimes them? Are we? Are we sometimes grumbling? Look, they don't look like us. They don't act like us. They don't talk like us. And they're wanting to come to Jesus I'm going to repeat myself here. You will never look into the face of somebody that is not beloved by Jesus. 
you will never look into the face of somebody that is not highly valued by God. Okay, so here's the last one. Uh, who's the lamp? You know, in the, in the story with the woman who lights the lamp and sweeps the floor, and this is just me, I think about stuff like this. I kind of think the lamp is the church. I kind of think that's what we're supposed to be here at the corner of Fifth and Chestnut is a light, a lamp. So that we can shine. Like Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you're the light of the world. A city built on a hill can't be hidden. No one, no one lights a lamp and puts it to hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Right? I kind of think that's us. Our job is to, to shine. Now, our job is not to save other people. Only God can do that. But we can shine our lights. We can kind of show them the way home. We can welcome them when they get here. Or, and don't do this, or we could grumble and complain and think that we're God's favorites to the point that people say, well, if that's what church is about, I don't want anything to do with that. So I want to leave you with three things. If you feel like that you're out of place, that you're not where you need to be, that you're not at home and at peace with God, that you're not rightly usable by God. God is searching for you. Come home. And if you're one of the ones that are kind of like the lost sheep and lost coins maybe you feel like you fell through the crack and you think you know God must be really mad at me because I've messed up that's not how God is portrayed in these stories in Luke 15 God's ready to throw a party when you come home kingdom work and this is the last thing I want to say. Kingdom work, working together with God, is searching work. It is looking around you and seeing who is here, even that person that might get on your nerves, seeing who is here and knowing that they are of infinite value to God, just like you. And also looking to see who's not here. You know what I'm saying? Looking to see who may have fallen through the cracks, who may have wandered away, or who may have just gotten good and mad and gone off somewhere and is living in a place that is away from home. Can you tell them that you miss them? Can you tell them they'd be welcome if they came? Can you shine your light? Yeah. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes um, it's helpful for us to boil things down to 
the essence. And really the essence of the good news is that we all belong to you, stamped with your image, that we're highly valued by you, but sometimes we are lost and out of place. And you search diligently for us. You never give up on us. And then when you find us, it's always a celebration. So Lord, help us to be at home with you and then help us to help others be at home with you. That's kingdom work. And we want to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand together and worship?
Now may the amazing grace of God, the amazing love of God, the amazing fellowship and communion of God go with us now and forevermore. Amen.